crazy excited tonight. Um, I came to get a word from the Lord tonight. And I promise you that if we just dig in a little bit deeper tonight, I promise you that we will all get a word from the Lord tonight. Because it's impossible not to. Because we have a God that loves us. We have a God that, that said that where two or three are gathered, that his presence is here. So literally it is all uh, it's all here, it's all ours for the taking to, tonight together as a family to get something uh, from his word. So are you excited tonight? I'm super excited. I'd like to, uh, to just open tonight in, in prayer, so if you'd bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to be in your house, to be with family here tonight, God, and it feels like family. We thank you for your presence we don't take your presence for granted. We just thank you so much for all that you're doing in this house and in our lives. Would you bless your word tonight and speak to us in Jesus' name, amen. So tonight I wanna share a little bit from uh, God's sacred book of the Bible, and I call it God's sacred book of the Bible is because some of you may or may not know that I um, I'm a numbers person. And I know that sometimes people think that, that numbers uh, are not spiritual or numbers are not important, but it's important. There's an entire book of the Bible called Numbers. And so numbers do matter to some extent. So uh, as, as I'm kind of sharing a little bit here, if you've got your Bible uh, or your Bible app or whatever uh, you use tonight, if you would uh, turn with me to Numbers chapter 13, and tonight I wanna share, the title of, of the message tonight is to take possession, take possession. And so, you know, as a follower of Christ, there's so many promises that, that we have. You know, I think of the scriptures that say that I've come and come to give life more abundantly in, in John, and and I think it, when the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, he said, I know the plans that I have for you to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And so as a follower of Christ, the Lord has ordained for all of us a victorious Christian life. Absolutely, for every single one of us. And sometimes, oftentimes, we're living in the tension between that victorious Christian life and perhaps a current struggle or a current challenge or a current situation or season that doesn't quite seem to line up with that abundant life that God has promised for us. And so the question for us tonight, before we get started, I'd like to pose this and be thinking about this, maybe even write it down, maybe even jot down a note uh, in your phone, and the question for us tonight is what area of your life feels like a wilderness? What area of your life feels like a wilderness? What is an area in your life where you are hungry for a new season? Is there anybody in this place other than me that is hungry for a new season in at least one aspect of your life, right? 
And so we live in this, this tension. And for some of us, this may be in a relationship. You know, potentially, it's, it's in your marriage. Or maybe there's some tension in your relationship with your children. Or maybe there's a loved one that is away from Jesus. For some of us, the wilderness may feel maybe a financial wilderness. You know, we've gone through some challenges and I would bet that 100% of us at some point have gone through some kind of financial challenge or wilderness. Or, or maybe it's, it's a work opportunity. Uh, maybe your business is struggling. Maybe it's a new home. Maybe you're trying to find a permanent residence. Maybe it has to do with education. Maybe it's, it's health. You know, maybe you or, or someone in your family that you love is, is experiencing a, a health challenge or a physical challenge. Or maybe, maybe it's loss. Maybe you've experienced some kind of loss or failure or disappointment. So again, the question is, what area of your life feels like a wilderness? You got something? So when we read the Old Testament, we follow this journey of Israel, right? So, so we start in Exodus and, and we see that, that the people of God were held captive and we see this Exodus process but then in, in the subsequent books of the Bible, we see this wandering and we see this journey and we see this struggle and we see this, this fight to achieve the promise of God. And it took them a while to take possession of the promise of God. So tonight, let's, let's follow a little bit of that story Obviously, it's a very, very long story, and so when we go into the book of Numbers here, I wanna read a few of the different verses. We'll skip a couple of them because it's, it's, it's super long, but let's start in verse one of chapter 13. So we're in Numbers chapter 13, and the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. So I'm gonna skip down a little bit. So the Lord says, send them. They end up assembling 12 men, one from each of the tribes, and then we pick up in verse 17. Skip down to verse 17. So that reads, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through Negev, and on into the hill country, and see what the land is like, whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many, 19. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they walled or fortified? 20. How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So these men went and they were sent on this journey to explore the promised land. And we'll skip down and actually, let's go ahead and finish reading this out. We'll skip down a couple more skips to verse 23. 
And when they reached the valley of Eshcol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them, along with some pomegranates and figs. Skipping down to verse 27. Last four verses we're gonna read tonight. So they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit, 28. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, the Canaanites, all the ites, live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then verse 30, and the second part of this, I'm gonna see if we can read this together. I'll read the first part. So then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, so let's read from we, one, two, three. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. That was good, stirring some faith tonight. The first thing I wanna share is what we need to achieve the promised land is to get a word from God. We have got to get a word from God. And if you remember what we just read from the very beginning in verse one, it all started with a word that came to Moses that said, go explore this land, I am giving it to you. The word came first, the promise came first. And so I, as I was thinking about that, it made me question in my life and maybe in yours as well, are we putting ourselves in the position every single day to hear God? Are we really putting ourselves in a place to where we can hear the word of the Lord daily? You know, a couple of us were just uh, chatting a little bit before the, the service tonight and talking about how distracted we all are Constantly, it's almost like we're, we're looking for distractions. You know, we're always on our phone, we're always multitasking and, and probably not doing any of it very well. But do we position ourselves every single day to put down the phone, to turn off the TV, or even while you're driving, turn down the radio to hear from the Lord? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what I think, it doesn't matter how smart I am, it doesn't matter what my opinion is, it doesn't matter how I try to figure out the situation, the only thing that matters is I've got to get a word from God. Because if I don't get a word from God, I'm totally doing it on my own, and I'm wandering, and I have no idea where I'm going. And you know, every day we're making very important decisions you know, there's statistics that will tell you the hundreds and sometimes thousands of decisions that we make every single day. And I know that I've been guilty, and I know that I'm not the only one that has been guilty of making important decisions without praying and without getting a word. And you know what, God is a God of grace, and there's been plenty of times when I thought something was a good idea, I didn't pray about it, I rushed into it, 
Then I prayed, God, can you please clean up the mess that I made? Is it just me? Anybody else ever? Thank you. This is really just my confession and you making me feel better. But right, so we make, sometimes we make very important decisions without getting a word from God. And yes, God's grace will cover us, but when we don't have that word from God, it keeps us really from living that conquering, victorious kind of life that we can have when we have that word. Because you can never underestimate the power of getting a word from God that you know that you know that you heard from him and all you're doing is you're hanging on to it for dear life. We can't underestimate the power of that, of just hearing from him, knowing that it was him and all we're doing is we're just clinging to that word no matter what. And so when we navigate through the day and we hit different bumps in the road and twists and turns and all kind of unexpected challenges, if we have that word and we can cling on to it, that's where the victory comes. That's where the conquering spirit comes. Now you may be saying, you know what? Yes, I'm ready for a new season. And I've tried Maybe not hard enough, but I've, I've tried to, to, to pray and seek God's will, but it's just not clear to me. It's just not clear. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. You know, uh, my, my grandfather, who's, who's uh, passed away a few years ago um, in, his, in his mid-90s, was one of my best friends and hung out with him all the time, and he would, he would uh, pour into my life and, and preach at me all the time. I would hang out at his, uh, at his table uh, and he would, he would just share stories with me and stories of his life, but he always had these amazing one-liner words of advice. And uh, this one piece of advice that he gave me always stuck with me, and, he's, you know, and I would always tell him all the things that I was going through, and it was unclear, and I didn't know which way to turn, and I was impatient, I was young, I was excited, and then just impatient, and he said, well, he said, if God's late, you wait. That'll preach, right? Profound. If God's late, you wait. We can't give up too soon. And if I'm honest, and if we're all honest since we're friends here and family tonight, I think we could probably say there's a good part of the time where we just throw in the towel too soon. And getting that word from God and seeking his face and asking him what it is that he wants us to do. I'm not gonna put these up, but if you think of the New Testament, Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 to ask, seek, and knock over and over again. My eight-year-old son plays with every kid in our neighborhood and every day after work at the door. Every day. Every single day that knock. In fact, the knock isn't enough. Now you have to have the, the ring little uh, device on there and then you have to put it on your phone. So not only is there a knock, but you have to get a notification on your phone and then they ring the doorbell on top of it. So our door is assaulted every single day. And you know what? There are days where I'm like, just don't answer, the, just I'm sick of answering the door, sick of answering the door. But eventually, 
I answer that stupid door because it's just incessant knocking. But that persistence is what Jesus was talking about. Or what about the, the, the woman who was seeking for an answer from the judge? And she went before the judge for her answer over and over and over again. Or one of my favorites, what about the centurion that said to Jesus, you know what? My servant needs to be healed. You don't even have to show up. Just say the word and he will be healed. So I wonder if sometimes we just need to get in a spot and say, Lord, just say the word. Lord, speak to me. Lord, give me a word. I need some insight here. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to take the job or not take the job? Do you want me to move or not move? Do you want me to, to marry the person or not marry the person? Do you want me to take this opportunity or not take this opportunity? Maybe we just need to persist a little longer, seek a little longer, knock a little longer, ask a little bit more because our Father is good. I promise you, he will give us a word. He absolutely will. And we have to get hungry for that direction in our lives. And the difference is this. You know, there are a few times in life that I could point to, and we're striving to get better and better, but there are a few times I could point to where I knew that I got a word from God and nobody was gonna change my mind. Did anybody ever have that clarity, a word from God? Praise the Lord, right? So you know that feeling, right? When you're like, no, God has told me. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what it looks like. I have a word. I am holding on to this thing for dear life. I remember about seven years ago, <clears throat> My wife and I, Jackie, we were in pretty much total financial ruin because like most of us, especially here in lovely Orlando, Florida, there was something called the financial downturn, the financial crisis, and like most of us, and most of us who owned homes and so forth, we were done. And we remember feeling that there was a season coming and there was a change that was coming, but we were stuck was anybody else stuck during that time and that feeling? We were stuck, there was no way out, but we felt like that there was something that God was doing and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. We said, God, give us a word because we have no idea how this is ever gonna work out. No idea. And I could, I could remember the night, as a matter of fact, it was, it was the night of thanks, service, here at Church in the Sun, and we went into prayer, and I remember God spoke to me clearly, and he said, a new season is coming, a new job opportunity is coming, and through that job opportunity, I am gonna restore you financially. So I hung on to that word, and I cling to that word for dear life, and the time came when there was a job opportunity in front of me, and I was contending for that job, I was competing for that job, and then I put together a proposal for that job that included the whole financial situation and that would allow me to reset and would allow us to move on from that home and, and the, the company would be a part of that solution because that was the crazy word that God gave me. And I remember I went to that company. I went over and over again. I said, hey, I have a proposition for you. I have a proposal for you. You know what they said? No, no, absolutely not. There was probably a curse word, no, absolutely not to that proposition, but I still went over and over again. In fact, everyone around me said, you are nuts, you are out of your mind. People around me were embarrassed 
but I had a word from God and nobody was gonna tell me otherwise and I kept going back and in the natural I heard no, in the spiritual I heard yes, in the natural I heard no, in the spirit I heard yes until one day I got a phone call and they said, Jonathan, I got news for you. We're just gonna accept this. We've never seen this happen before but we're gonna say yes to your proposal and we'll call you on Monday to get the process started. Let's go. Let's go. So I'm here to say, don't tell me you can't get a word from God because he's a good father. We just have to persist a little longer. Tonight, you're gonna get your word. If you just start persisting a little bit longer, carve out a little bit more time, get a little bit more hungry to walk in the will and the promises of God, and I promise you, he will speak to you. He will speak to you. So I think that's why that last verse that we read that was Caleb speaking in verse 30, Caleb said, we should go and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it because Caleb was focused on the promise. So now let's talk about how to carry the promise carry the promise. So it says that they were exploring the land, they were checking out where everybody lived, they were looking at the cities and the towns and trying to understand what, what, the, what was happening there. And they were amazed because it was indeed a, a, a beautiful land, a fruitful land, the, 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 the Bible says it was a land flowing with milk and honey. We'll talk about that briefly in a second. But there's this part of the story where it says that they cut one single branch of grapes. One single branch of grapes. And the cluster was so large that two men had to carry it and they used a pole to carry it. So I've tried to picture what this would look like, and I don't know. It says they were there for 40 days, so I don't know if they waited till day 40, and it was like, I don't wanna carry around these grapes, and I don't know how far they were, like if they had to go back and forth across the Jordan. I don't know if they switched men, like, okay, you walk one mile with the grapes, and I'll walk one mile with the grapes. I have no idea. The Bible doesn't, doesn't tell us that, but it's, it's quite an intriguing thought, right? So they, they actually take a step. They get a glimpse into that promise, and what they find is that the blessings and the fruitfulness of that promise were too big for one of them to carry. So somehow they make it back and they give a report to Moses and the rest of the assembly. And they said, the, the land is indeed wonderful. It is indeed a, a, a bountiful land. As a matter of fact, here is the produce. Here are the grapes. And they, they laid the grapes down in front of everyone and then the excitement faded into fear. And they said, but there are problems. You see, there's giant people there and giant cities there and giant walls there and giant houses there. 
then I don't think we can do this. And so fear sets in. And I've been thinking a lot about that picture. They had just carried that promise. They had just carried those grapes. And I wonder if, I wonder if perhaps they put down the promise a little bit too soon. You know? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't help but wonder what would happen. Thank you, sir. What would happen if once that fear set in and everybody started grumbling and saying, we can't do it, we're gonna get defeated, it's impossible, we're gonna get eaten alive. I, I, I wonder what would have happened if they would have picked up the grapes again. And what would have happened if maybe they just walked around the camp a little bit longer? When the voices of fear started coming, what if they just carried the promise around a little bit longer? Or what would have happened if every time that voice of fear came, if they picked it up again and they said, yes, yeah, there's giant people, there's giant cities, there's giant walls, but look at the size of these grapes. I mean, these are giant grapes. Did I mention that this is one cluster? One single cluster from one branch? Look how, look how huge this is. But the Bible also says that they were so heavy so heavy, in fact, it's too heavy for one person to carry. So what if, what if Pastor Tony had a promise that was too heavy to carry and I needed a little bit of help and he needed a little bit of help? What if Pastor Tony has a calling on his life Pastor Tony, what if God is calling you to possess a land and you just need someone to help carry your promise a little bit longer? Yeah? And you know, I don't know, sometimes it may feel like, okay, so this is your promise, so let's switch directions here. So, you, so maybe sometimes it feels like P Pastor Tony has faith and I'm just kind of along for the ride, right? But maybe he gets tired Maybe this is his promise, but maybe he needs me to start helping him to carry his promise, right? Maybe there's days where he runs out of faith and he just needs someone else to help him carry the promise for him. Or maybe there's days when we both have faith and we're kind of side by side, you know, facing off and we both have faith for the promise. Maybe we're just letting go of the promise a little bit too soon. Maybe every time the fear comes, we're putting down the grapes and we're saying, but it's too hard. The giants are too big. There's no way that we can defeat these guys. But what if all that we're missing is that we just need to get plugged into the family of God and we need to rely on each other a little bit more and we need to carry each other's promises until we see the fruit of the land fulfilled and in our hands permanently. Yeah. yeah. I think this is prophetic, bro. I'll let you stay with that. 
carry the promise. That's a word for someone here tonight. There are people here tonight, the Lord has spoken clear promises to you. There were seasons in your life where yes, you did carve out time to hear a word from the Lord. And I know you've probably heard this before, but a promise delayed is not a promise denied. Some of us have forgotten that that promise still stands. That promise still holds. It has nothing to do with the timing on whether or not God will fulfill it. If God said, I'm giving you the land, I'm giving you the land. So you carry that promise. You carry those grapes. Every single time that fear comes in, because listen, I'm gonna brag on my, my late grandpa again. Here's another one for you. When I was up against a challenge, I said, Grandpa, I'm scared. I don't know if this is gonna work. He said, well, did God tell you? I said, yeah. He said, well, often, the first voice is faith. The second voice is fear. So sometimes we have that faith in our hearts, but we allow the fear to come in and to snatch that seed right from our grasp. But I'm here to tell you, carry your promise. In fact, some of you have disconnected maybe from loved ones, disconnected from others in your life, and maybe you need to go to someone, maybe even tonight, and say, listen, I need you to carry this promise with me. And that's why we're here as a family. That's the point of all this. We're here as a family to carry each other's promise, to spur one another on in the love of Christ until we see the fulfillment of this land in each person's life, till we see that season come to fruition. Carry the promise. And it says that it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And I was like, what is that all about? Is it just like, like a gallon of milk is sitting there and like a bowl of honey? You know, what, what is the milk and honey? Well, the milk and the honey had to do with the cattle. It had to do with the bees. It had to do with the fruit from the, the flour that could produce jellies and jams. And, um, and that was referred to as honey as well. Meaning, the land of milk and honey wasn't just a one-time meal. And if you think about Israel and you think about the journey that they were on, the journey that they were on was just enough for the day. They were in a, a, a zone of just receiving, just gathering, just trying to make it, just trying to make it by. But the promised land that God had for them wasn't a season to just make it, to just get by, but it's a season that was to be prolific and to produce fruit. And so that the land would produce trees and vegetation and so that the cattle could be fed and that this new ecosystem would emerge. So rather than me being in a mode of just trying to get my manna for the day, trying to get my quail for the day, that I'd be in a season of productivity, a season of providing for others. Last thing I wanna share, and this is the most uh, abbreviated point for tonight, and it's the last one. 
and that's that the land is occupied. The land is occupied. So yes, there are giants in the land. Yes, fear enters. But you know what? If there are no giants, if there is no opposition, you're probably not headed towards the promised land. Because every promised season, every promised land has giants. It's just how it works. In John 10, 10, it says the enemy is gonna try to kill, steal, and destroy it. But Jesus came to give life. That's just how it's gonna work while we're on this side of eternity. So if we're not coming against any opposition or any giants, we're probably not headed towards the promised land. So it's actually good news that the land is occupied. But it also means, it also means that it's time to serve those occupants in eviction notice. Because those occupants, they get comfortable they build cities, they build towns, and there are things that the enemy forges against us to keep us from our destiny. And that's nothing for us to be discouraged about. That's for us to be aware of, and that's for us to get on the offense to evict the occupants. If you think about it, Caleb's words ultimately were words of prophecy. Because really prophecy is just hearing from God and, and declaring what he's saying even though it hasn't happened yet, right? So when he said, we should go take possession of the land, we can do it, all he was doing was declaring what God already said, which is I'm giving you the land. But I think that God does not show us the size of the giants to increase the size of our fears. He doesn't allow us to see the size of our giants to increase the size of our anxiety, to increase the size of our doubts. I think God shows us the size of the giant so that we can increase the size of our prayers and increase the size of our belief and increase the size of our declarations and increase the size of our prophecies so that we would begin to pray big prayers and begin to declare big things and believe for big things and prophesy big things in our lives to believe that we're gonna see healing in our homes, to believe that we're gonna see job opportunities open up. And we hear that word of the Lord that says a job opportunity is gonna open up in the next three months and we say yes, the Lord says a job opportunity is gonna open up for me and he's gonna make a way. That we pray big, we believe big because we serve a big God and he is able to do it.
So tonight, why don't we all stand together and maybe it's time for us to do one of a few things. Maybe, maybe you're here tonight and the path is not clear and there's always a season where that happens. There's always a season where we have to inquire of the Lord. If you follow some of the Old Testament leaders from this point on, it says that they would inquire of the Lord. So leaders like David and Joshua, they would inquire of the Lord and say, Lord, do you want us to go here? Do you want us to go there? Do you want us to pick this fight? Maybe, maybe that's where you're at tonight and you just need to inquire of the Lord and you need to get a word from him because you've been trying to do it your own way and you just need to get a clear word. That's the song I was thinking, Pastor Austin. I don't know how you did that. Maybe tonight you need to carry your promise. Maybe what's happened is, is like those 12 people. Maybe you've come down, maybe you were holding it at one point and you've just kind of set it down. You know, and it happens. Maybe you've just set that promise down. And once you set that promise down, it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind, and you forgot about the promise. And once the promise is forgotten, the fear was able to get a little bit more territory, and the doubt was able to get more territory. And maybe tonight, the word for you is to carry that promise. And maybe you've been trying to do it all by yourself, and you come into this place, and you're not really connected to anyone, but you know that you need to make a commitment and just be around other believers that love you and know that we can't do life alone. Maybe tonight, you just need to commit to the family of God. Maybe tonight you need to make a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. But I'm telling you that there are new seasons in this house tonight. I'm telling you there are promises fulfilled that are coming out of this night tonight. So let's worship the Lord. Let's pray. Let's start walking forward in faith and believing for what God is gonna do tonight.
I think there may be some of us here tonight that you have a lost loved one or you have a disconnected relationship from someone who means a lot to you. Is there anyone in the house tonight that has those that, are, that you love that are far from Jesus and you've been praying for their salvation? Raise your hand. Any in the house tonight? Are there any in the house tonight that you're disconnected from a loved one? You're disconnected from a child, from your son, from your daughter. You have an estranged relation, a relationship with them. Yes, I see that hand. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that the prodigals come home, oh God. Lord, you gave us a word that that son, that daughter was gonna find Jesus, but somewhere along the way, the promise got too heavy to carry and we forgot about it. But Lord, tonight, we pick up that promise and we walk around the camp a little bit longer with that promise. We hold on to it a little bit longer and say that that son is coming back to Jesus. That daughter is coming back to Jesus. That wife is coming back to Jesus. That husband is coming back to Jesus. Do you believe it tonight? Do you believe that God can do it tonight? Those that have loved ones that are separated from you and it breaks your heart because the relationship has been severed. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for restoration. I pray in the name of Jesus for healing. I pray in the name of Jesus that love would flow where there was anger that love would flow. Oh, I'm impressed tonight that there's, there's anger. There are, you, there's, there's relationships in your life that are severed because of an anger. And the Lord says a gentle answer to turns away wrath. And if you will approach that person with love and with forgiveness and with the heart of God, that he will bring reconciliation to that relationship. Do you believe that tonight? My God made me a promise and he won't stop now. He made me a promise and he won't stop now. How many in the house tonight need a physical healing or have a family member that needs a physical healing? Would you raise your hand? Wow, so many of us, so many of us. Since there's so many, why don't we just put our, our arm on the person next to us? If you can, you don't have to stretch out just where you're at, put your arm on the person next to you. Lord, you're a big God and we pray big prayers. We face big giants, but you're a big God. And we make big declarations and we prophesy big prophecies. And Father, we speak to every sickness in this house tonight, oh God, that you would bring healing and restoration as we celebrate this time of your death and your resurrection. And you said, by his stripes, you are healed. And we thank you because of the stripes of Jesus Christ. Not only were we forgiven, but we were healed of our sicknesses and our infirmities. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for PTSD that it would go. I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, for fear that they would go. I pray in the name of Jesus, God, for cancer that it would go. I pray in the name of Jesus for heart disease that it would go. In the name of Jesus, God, we pray for backs, that the healing would come for knees, for shoulders, for ankles. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, Father, we pray for hearing. God, we pray for vision. Those that have had their eyesight attacked, oh God. 
I pray for cataracts. There's somebody that has been struggling with cataracts and there's a fear that has come because you're seeing a little bit more blurry. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus tonight, oh God, that you would open the eyes, oh God, that you would bring perfect healing, perfect vision, 2020 vision in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, nobody has to touch you, nobody has to lay hands on you. You don't have to come down here and be touched by a pastor. We can take hold of our healing here tonight. Those of us that are standing proxy for a loved one, I pray wherever they're at, that you would heal them, oh God, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I'm lingering just a little longer because God's made us some promises. His promises are yes. We just gotta carry them. Listen, I was at a place in life where I felt stuck. I think there's someone in this place tonight, you just feel stuck. You feel like you can't, progress. You've tried a couple of different opportunities and you're just hitting a wall. God's going to give you a word and God's going to give you the steps. Lord, I pray for anyone tonight that just feels stuck. You just can't quite put your finger on it. You can't quite describe it. It's just this feeling of stuck and I can't move forward and I can't see the end of it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have a great destiny in store for every single person in this room. God, and I cancel the lie that says, oh well, I'm supposed to just live a mediocre life. I'm not supposed to advance. The Lord says that he has great things for you that no eye has seen no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And you are called according to the purposes of God and you are not stuck. So in the name of Jesus, it's like I see, it's like I see this tow truck and this tow truck is lifting that tire. You've kind of felt like you're spinning your wheels a little bit. God, I'm just, I'm spinning my wheels. I don't know what's going on. It's like I try to accelerate, but it just spins and spins in the sand. And it's like I see this tow truck and it's coming and it's just picking up that tire. It's picking up that side that isn't moving and it's setting it on a firm foundation so that you can start moving forward because God wants you to move forward he has great plans for you. You're called, you're anointed, you're chosen to do great things. Great things.
I'm contending a little bit tonight, a little bit extra, because you're worth it. God has a breakthrough for you. God has a destiny for you. I just don't want to let go of it because, you know, sometimes it's like we hear a word and, 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 and yeah, and we're like just quite on the edge, but we maybe are a little bit scared to take one extra step. And I want to do something that's a little bit crazy with my prop here tonight. How many of you are remembering that promise. How many of you got that promise? You're like, yep, yep, I know what it is. Yep, I know what I'm praying for. I know what I'm praying for. Listen, guys, we are a church family. We are a family. This isn't some club. This isn't like just a random group of people. We are a family that is contending for our faith together. We're contending for our promises together as a family. And you know what? I got some promises too that I'm, I'm getting weak to carry and I need people to help me carry it. If you know what your promise is and you feel alone, why don't you come and help me carry my promise and I'll help you carry your promise. Why don't you come up here? Come on up. If you feel like I'm alone, I'm carrying this thing all by myself and I just need to carry that promise. Come on. Come on. Come on, Scotty. Maybe we just need to take a stand tonight and take hold of our promises. Maybe we need to do, take a physical step and say, I am not gonna let go until you bless me. I am not gonna let go until that promise is fulfilled. If it's a healing, if it's a prodigal to come home, if it's release from addiction, if it's for freedom in your life, if it's for a job opportunity, if it's for financial provision, that's great, that's great. Come on, lift that up, that's right. Let's carry the promises of God together tonight in the name of Jesus. Pastors, if you would come around, Pastor Tony, Pastor Jeff, let's pray for these. For the last five months.
this is family. This is us carrying the promise together. Because when we carry the promise together, when you carry the, the fruit, the grapes together, you can taste it, you can smell it, you can experience it together. And when the promise is fulfilled, and when the new season comes, and when the victory comes, we share in the victory together as a family. This is what family is. Listen, tonight I'm gonna be totally transparent with you. Our friend Rosalva has come forward believing for restoration in her vision tonight. Now listen, we're just obedient and we speak the word of the Lord and it's scary, let's be honest. It's scary, we speak it out, but we're gonna carry that promise together as a family for her. And we're gonna believe for a healing for her. Let's as a family extend our hands to her. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for Rosalva. And we pray that you would heal her eyes in the name of Jesus, that you would heal her sight, that she would have perfect vision. I pray, God, she would begin to see that the figures would begin, Lord God, to become clearer and clearer and clearer. I pray, God, for a supernatural faith to flood her heart. God, Mark chapter five, the woman comes to Jesus. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Lord, we just speak your word and we believe that it will be unto her according to her faith and the faith of everyone in this room in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Well, listen, before we dismiss tonight, maybe you've never stepped into the eternal promised land of knowing Jesus, and we wanna give you a quick opportunity to do that tonight if you don't know Jesus. If you've never made a decision to make him the Lord of your life, accept him into your life and to walk with him, very quickly before we dismiss, are there any here tonight that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, would you raise your hand? Is there anybody here tonight that needs to make a decision to follow Jesus? Any here tonight? Okay, praise the Lord. I think something shifted here tonight, guys. So let's carry that promise, but not alone. Let's keep carrying it together, amen? I'll pray us out of here. Heavenly Father, what a night. Thank you for your promises. I pray that as we leave this place that we would take possession of what you have in front of us, God. I pray, God, that as we face the different things that we might face tomorrow, that we won't put down the promise too early but we'll hold it up we'll carry it and we'll continue to believe until we see your word fulfilled in Jesus name amen 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 God bless you guys have a great night <laughs>